Los Naturals Amigos, and welcome to another fantastic episode of Record Breakers. I'm Petey Rave, your man with no plan. Here with me, as always, is my uh, my team, my squad, uh, my four-man uh, tag team uh, in my corner. We've got Brett. I'm Brett Kibhop, your man with some kind of a plan. <laughs> Uh, we've got Patrick. Hello. And we've got Drew. Ahoy, ahoy, ahoy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we're here to talk about music. We're here to talk and share with each other, have our nice little round table, and discuss music and review it. Uh, the provider of the music this week is none other than Brett. Brett, what are you putting forward for us? I'm putting forward an album that I've talked about a bunch and is... Something that is another slow pitch down the middle. This is uh, They Might Be Giants album, Lincoln. Mm-hmm. Um, we probably know the answers, but let's go with some expectations. Patrick, what were your expectations coming into this album? You, you can probably just repeat my expectations from the last They Might Be Giants album we reviewed on the show, except that I've probably listened to this record more going in than I did the last one. Uh, Andrew, I'll ask you without hiccuping in the middle. Uh, Drew, what is your hic- What is your what is your hiccup? <laughs> what is your what is my hiccup? <laughs> what, um, what are your expe- what were your expectations? Piece. I don't know. I couldn't um, even find the sentence again. Expectations. <laughs> um, it's weird because like they might be giants. I've never heard them. Like it's weird. no like I, I started to do what I was getting into with they might be giants. I've heard quite a few they might be giants songs before um there's sort of a thing that is not unpopular so they like brett said it's sort of a pitch down the middle sort of thing it's we we can hit this one out of the park pretty easily pack it up and i'll go home uh as long as we can start podcasting at all uh uh, have you guys ever heard about the fair text yeah uh wrestlemania Flamethrowers, The Rock. Yes. Okay. Go, Petey. Uh, basketball. Well, uh, uh, was yeah, Mugsy Bugs was short. Yeah. It is short. <laughs> Sorry. Pre-show, pre-show is an amazingly silly thing that goes on for like an hour and a half. So Or two hours. Keeping it all in. What else are we talking but about? Yes, they might be giants. Uh, let's just get started. Brett, how would you describe this album in particular musically? Well, I, I brought this album mainly because this is the album that introduced me to They Might Be Giants. Um, my older brother brought this CD home like bef- like before he brought home Flood. Um, and this was something that, that I heard um, that's got the absurd qualities of the lyrics that you probably can get still to this day, uh, like 20,000 albums later. Um, they, they did something in this album that's a little more uh like their 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 first album this is their second album um there uh there's more of a a two man and a drum machine feeling going on with with this because it's mostly two man and drum machine but uh there there's there's the wacky instruments that I that I I know and love I mean it's 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 got weird and wacky and heaps uh um, this isn't really a straight up rock album like a lot of their stuff is. Um, this was still while they were, you know, very experimental um, early on. I mean, they've since 
sort of got a style that's a little different than this. Um, they've even got like they sneak in some songs like a, there's a sing song styled shanty, um, and uh, and a smoky jazz track. Um, it's 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 very different from what you would get if you went out and bought their like 13 children's albums or their albums through the nineties. This is, this is a very different album than that. And I, I wanted to share it because it is probably the one that I've heard the most. Yeah. Uh, Patrick, what would be the themes elements that caught your attention on this album? Uh, Lincoln is still firmly in the, uh, they might be giants are weird category of records. And I don't mean that as an insult. I mean that as, they might be giants were especially for the first part of their career, a very unique and odd band in the world. Like I, I, I still struggle with like the notion of trying to shove them in a genre because they don't really fit in any. Um, and a lot of stuff really, uh, took their style afterwards. So I'll just kind of think about like the things they do well and the things they did especially well at this point in their career was, uh, very clever wordplay um, interesting ways of looking at music. So this is, you know, what, 1988. So we're still firmly in, in the tail ends of new wave and grunge did not exist yet. So it's, there's this weird time where like they might be giants kind of made this peculiar music, which occasionally was two guys and a drum machine, but not in the way that that you know new wave used drum machines but basically because they didn't have a drummer because they were kind of weird um uh again the lyrics are are very clever and their wordplay i think was really this was still when they were super great at that and and i feel like that's maybe because everyone else got better because of them but they're they're not what they once were in terms of their new records but this is they won grammys they win Grammys. Uh, let's be honest, though. Like the Grammys aren't necessarily. Well, they're for uh, children's albums, but yes. Yeah, yeah. It's a, not necessarily a sign of how great a band is, but this is this is they might be. This is a if you if you have to pick a they might be giants album that very much re- represents the sound of the band as it will be remembered by they might be giants most ardent fans. I don't think any of them would argue with Lincoln as being representative of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Drew, what would be the themes and elements that caught your attention? Well, uh, like Brad said, uh, lately they might be giants have sort of become, um, their sound has become this style and you can definitely hear the early pinnings of that here, but it's still very early in their career. So it's, still got this experimental nature to it, which is a lot of fun. Um, it's fun. There's irreverent humor in it. There's catchy stuff and it's really smart. You sort of, when I think of nerds making rock music and making a sort of quirky rock music, it's guys like this, right? It's John. They're smart. They can write a good tune. Like it's really well done. Um, it's rough around the edges. Sure. Cause it's, kind of two guys just doing their thing um but that experimental quality to it i think really adds something which is why a lot of people really gravitate towards early they might be giant stuff part of it is this record will take sharp left turns for no apparent reason um 
all the time. Like you'll have like your normal sort of catchy alt rock song, but then you'll have songs that are sea shanties or songs that have sort of pings of like horror scores almost. And it's two guys in a drum machine, not to mention the band uses melodica. If you need to know anything, if you need to know anything about, they might be giants. Let's just point out the fact that the band uses a melodica and not just a little melodica, not like on some songs. The melodica is like a tent pole of what they might be giants are. And like, you say that it's like, it's a lotica. It's a lotica melodica. Um, and like, there's, there's definitely some melodica on this record and it is better for it. It is, (laughs) it's just fun. It makes you smile. That's good. Mm -hmm. Uh, Brett, what would be some of the tracks to zero in on when it comes to this album? This is an album of ridiculous singles that they could have put out if that was something that was feasible for them to do. Um, Annie uh, opens the album up. It's it's is is like the song of the album. Really, it starts off with a staccato drum beat with a guitar strum. Um, it <laughs> incorporates auto harp and accordion. You know, rock and roll uh, staples. Um, it's, it's even got like this hot bass line on the chorus, which is kind of nuts. Um, there's nothing more perfect than the auto harp strum and the snare right before the bridge, um, where it's, I don't want the world. I just want your half, which I may or may not have spray painted on a bridge. Um, uh, you know, that that's, it, this is an amazing song. It's a great song. Um, sort of a, a different take on things is where your eyes don't go. Um, I love the shit out of this track. Uh, the lyrics are so smartly written. It, every time I hear it, it impresses me a little more. Um, the second verse is like the, the, some of the greatest turn of phrase in music um, down to the point where like, you know, I, I, I have just randomly searched that song on YouTube and found people making that song in, uh, uh, in uh, Mario paint <laughs> music editor and stuff it's just it's really a great song and if you haven't listened to it go to youtube find the live video of them doing it with weird video effects it's pretty great um i would be failing at my job if i didn't bring up purple toupee um it's the the it's a guitar romp with an accordion um it's it's a great energetic song um it also alludes to two white dudes uh, breaking up people doing Tai Chi because they saw Chinese people were fighting in the park. Um, but uh, And then uh, really to bring things around, Stand On Your Own Head is a groovy track. Um, it's, a, it's a fast little romp. doesn't take very long to get to done what it wants to do, and it's got a banjo. Um, it's silly, it's short, and it's one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Uh Patrick, what would be some of the tracks that you would uh, key in on? So I'm going to do the record breakers thing, talk about Anna Ang, which is an easy one to talk about because it was a single. And it's because if you've heard of They Might Be Giants song and you've heard a couple of them, you've probably heard this one um, for two reasons. One, I love the way the rhythm at the at the introduction works because it's very staccato. Uh, they might be giants uses silence really well, like like having these very staccato hits with with genuine silence in between them. Also, my father's Subaru, if you hit the unlock twice in a row, it starts to play this basically in the right key. And then I have this song in my head when uh, whenever I unlocked his car. But 
it, it's um, it, it has they might be giants lyrical gymnastics. It, it has sort of the weird synthy bass line that you get a lot of times with their early stuff because essentially they didn't have a full time band yet. So you got a lot of them playing keyboards and stuff filling in. Yeah. I'll uh, I'll swing around to the purple toupee. Um, they might be giants occasionally make something that on its that structurally resembles a normal rock and roll song, but because they're not a normal rock and roll band, it, it just feels odd and off and different than a normal rock song should be. And purple toupee is a really good example of this. Uh, the delivery doesn't feel like a rock song. The words don't feel like a rock song, but it's kind of a rock song and it's, it's good and it's enjoyable. And then, uh, and I'm not the only one who thinks this, the best they might be giant song ever. They'll need a crane. This is what I love about. They might be giants is that as lyricists, they're fucking wizards. And if you've ever, this is the greatest breakup song ever written. And, and I'm going to say that with all the, the, um, all the over the top, you know, possibly wrong, but I'm totally not sort of things. It's, it's a brutal, heartbreaking, crushing song to listen to. And it really paints the picture of a failing relationship. And yet it's kind of jaunty sounding because that's what they might be giants do. They sing often very sad and dark songs over kind of a jaunty beat. And it's that song to me, like if, if, if you have to put a They Might Be Giants song as the best thing they've ever done in a career of many, many good songs, that's my pick for the all-time best song of theirs. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. That's a good pick. Uh, Drew, what would be some of the tracks that you would zero in on? Well, everybody's talked about it, but mm-hmm. the Record Breakers thing is appropriate for a reason. Um... And I, it's one of the catchiest hooks ever written by a band ever, in my opinion. Um, it has seen, not during this album, not during its heyday, but since, I, I, it's attained a pretty big status within rock music, and I think that's for good reason. You can, like, that sort of cheesy, like, weirdness to the song of it being sort of danceable and not being forceful about it is something that I think is taken a lot in sort of that like sort of dancey alt rock thing that's come from some bands but nobody does it like they might be giants you, if you don't sort of bounce around a little bit to this song something is wrong with you not the song uh, I'm going to talk about two songs at the same time uh, because I think they kind of go together in my mind and that's Cowtown and Mr. Me because in the middle like in not directly in the middle but in two different parts of this album uh, you have like shanties what like I'm not mad it's just sort of weird right but then the the most they might be giants thing possibly ever is pencil rain to me it's a march like it's a song that is played in the style of a march and yet everything about it is sort of goofy and irreverent 
while still being the stereotypical lyrical march. Like it, it's what I love about the band. I guess is just yeah. No, we're gonna we're gonna make a goofy march, and that's okay because we're having fun. I'm cool with that. Yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> oh, so I need to stop doing that because it's going to sound like Petey's going uh-huh, a bunch. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I think those, those are some pretty good picks. Uh, uh, so yeah, let's bring it back around the horn to kind of get some uh, conclusive thoughts on the album. Uh, pretty kind of easy, easy thoughts to kind of lay out, but let's do it anyway. Uh, Patrick, what would be some? What would be your conclusive thoughts on this album specifically? Uh, I'm going to sort of think about it as they might be giants as, as the band that inspired many other things that I love along with just being great on their own. So there's like this trail of nerds making music that I feel like really began with Devo and then they might be giants took it, I think to another level. And then now music made by nerds is kind of normal, you know, like it's, it's a thing that happens pretty frequently and widely. Um, it's music where the mu- they might be giants are good musicians and great lyricists. And that that really shows here. Um, again, their their clever wordplay always is is kind of, I think, their draw for me. But also, like again, the the being able to make something that sounds like like late 80s pre-grunge alternative kind of music weird you know rock music but that doesn't sound like anything that came before it or after it in a lot of ways uh this is one of their better records and it's one you should listen to so i'll leave it at that Mm -hmm. uh drew what would be your conclusive thoughts on the album this is weird because one of the first for me uh, sort of ways into this band was like a lot of people my age. Tiny Tunes. Right? Mm-hmm. And then because that was so catchy when I was older and realized like, oh, they probably made more music. Like I went and searched it out and like I found good stuff. We're getting to the point where there is another generation of people that is now getting to the point where like they might have heard they might be giants in the form of children's songs. And like there is a definite need for people to go and search more of it out because there is a lot more, um, especially like this early stuff. Like I said, a lot of fans gravitate to the early stuff because of the experimentation and because of that irreverence and weirdness that like comes with that experimentation. And it's for good reason. If you're out there and all you've heard is the Tiny Toon stuff is, or all you've heard is, is the children's stuff, one. Or the theme song if, to Malcolm in the Middle. Or the theme song <laughs> to Malcolm in the Middle. Or Pencil Rain being used in the first episode, but that's neither here nor there. Um, or for the even younger folks, uh, uh, only experimental film. <laughs> but if, if you're, if, one, if you're young enough to wear the children's songs that they made as purely children's songs are what you know them by. Why are you listening to us? Um, but not the point. If, if this stays in perpetuity on the internet and somehow in 10 years when those people grow up to be teenagers, they hear this. Go um, actually, somebody could be like, 
could have been a child when no came out and could be our listening audience. You're old, Drew. Welcome to the club. Wait, what year did that come out? Uh, I was in uh, 2002. Fuck, I'm old now. Yeah, welcome to the club. Let's have a little well, therapy okay. time with Drew being old. <laughs> then, then you know what? You know what? Then I'm going to get on my soapbox even more. If you are that kid and you are in our listening audience and all you heard of They Might Be Giants is the children's music from 2002, go search out more of it. Like, I don't care. Dial a song. I don't care. Dial a song. Yes. It, you, dial a song is a concept kids don't understand, but they're still making it, though. They, so. they don't understand why you dial a phone because they've never seen a phone with a fucking dial Oh, you dial, dial a New York it. City phone, <laughs> local phone number and you get an answering machine if the signal's not busy. It's playing a song. You know, yeah, right. that's the, yes. Which, but yeah. The, the fact that that had to become a tagline is hilarious. Yes. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, Brett, what will be your conclusion about this album overall? Well, I, I make it no secret that I find that the the best way to break down a band that's had a lot of success over a lot of years is to look at their second album. A lot of things happen in the second album that show you what's coming up and shows you what they leave behind from the, the their early uh, scrappy days. Once they have a little bit of money to do what they want, but they haven't really gotten to a rhythm. Um, this is one of those albums that, that you know, it. I've been listening to this album for 20 years and it like, this is one of my top 10 albums ever. Um, a lot of it has to do with where I was hearing it. The, 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 the amount of what this album means, the relation, the relationship between me and my brother, um, and what it was like in the like nineties listening to stuff. Like we heard about, they might be giants from Dr. Demento kids. Google that one. Um, it wasn't Tiny oh, Tunes. It was Dr. Demento in the Funny Five <laughs> Countdown, honk, honk. Um, but, like, th- there is something about this album that, you know, we, we talk about They Might Be Giants as adult hat. Like, everybody from the, that, are, that is from our generation um, sort of has met They Might Be Giants in some way or form. There are people that haven't, and that's a shame. Everybody should have a taste of this stuff because this is what people did with the least marketable ideas the the like the most wackadoodle lyrics done in a way that was done well with real skill two guys brought such a wide range of music types and you know can can make albums that are some of the best like you know grammy award winning children's albums after they've honed their stuff and they're like okay let's write a song about the the periodic table but you know there there's this this is the genesis of two guys who have had a career longer than I've been around on this on this earth, uh, for the most part. I was off the earth for a little while, but no, this is this is a great little chunk of the late '80s and what was happening before alt rock took over. Not quite after D. Snyder was asking people uh, what to do if they want to rock, um, and uh, you know, it's 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 a very little slice of time, but you can see how much that influenced the kind of music that came afterward. If you haven't heard this album, you deserve to hear this album. It's a great album, and I don't, I don't, I don't talk about albums like this very often. This is a great album. There, there is nothing on this album that rubs me the wrong way, uh, and I am completely biased, one hundred percent. But for a guy who has seen They Might Be Giants live nine times uh, and has listened to all of the albums, this is one of. This is a great album. 
Uh, yeah, if you couldn't agree more. Uh, yeah, let's sum up our, uh, our enjoyment of the Miami Giants in poetic form with a main event of the evening, our haiku reviews. Uh, we kind of sum it all up nicely with our haiku reviews. What are you holding? Uh, I don't know. Something that was nearby. My, my moo. It is it is adorable, whatever it is. Yeah, it's a it's a my video's been frozen radish. for the entire show. So. Okay. <laughs> the haiku little, radish. The daikon radish. Oh, the haiku, well, oh. yeah. Uh Mama Moo. Love them. Uh I've talked about them extensively. But uh we'll talk about it after the show. But our haikus. Uh we sum things up in poetic form. Patrick, what is your haiku review? They Might Be Giants are a band that I enjoy. Vocabulary. <laughs> Constabulary. Vocabulary. Uh, police? <laughs> Drew. I should have used that on my police album. Yes. <laughs> uh, Drew, what is your haiku? Quirky, goofy, fun. And I personally love every second. Uh, yes. My haiku. Smart and quirky tunes very well could be giants, at least in their game. And last but not least, Brett, what is your haiku as I'm about to burp? (laughs) I was waiting for it. I'm not going to talk over that. Uh, great sophomore attempt. Music with a fresh approach, unlike anyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, also has a really neat cover, as you can see right there, if you're watching the video version. Uh, it's like a little, stamp, little like castle thing. With the two, two paintings with debate clocks, podiums. <laughs> uh, sending from them as the perpetual debate uh, right there. Yes. Uh, Yes. What, the one about fair tax? <laughs> yes, uh, it's a consumption no, it's... tax, Drew. We've covered this on pre-show, the not <laughs> quite show. recorded show. Uh, yeah, that, we did, that I didn't record. Because I Go to Twitter, folks. Gonna... Yeah. Uh, but yes, those are our thoughts on They Might Be Giants. You can, of course, follow along on Spotify by playing Record Breakers of the Home Game. Uh, we, I, 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 at this point, I have updated it. It should be all caught up. I know it was a big lag, uh, but uh, I not only caught it up, but I made uh, I made OK Google uh, remind me every week to update not only the 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 playlist but the uh, but the episode uh, social media stuff. So uh, I will not forget anymore. I probably forget, but you know, I'll, yeah. I'll, yeah. yeah, it's fine. But it's you know, fine. at least but my fans were the fans were clamoring. The, phone, the fans were clamoring so much. Petey, I'm waiting for that latest hot episode of Record Breakers. Yeah. The 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 award applicant podcast. <laughs> the, 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 <laughs> well, no, I, I actually pulled us out of that. Uh, not sweet. to date this podcast recording, but I did tweet uh, in the middle of the show. Uh, respectfully uh, disqualifying ourselves because, uh, yeah, I don't know if you know this, but it's supposed to be pod safe. Uh, and that bad religion song that we play at the beginning of every episode on the audio version makes us not pod safe. 
I, I thought, thought the whole that point of that was a Creative Commons song. No, it wasn't. <laughs> it, it it was on it was on a dead website that used to be run by by uh, by Mevio. I also uh, and, uh, paid I paid Squiggles to write our closing song. Yeah, you yeah. can't have that. Do we need to pay Squiggles <laughs> to write an opening song so we can be pod safe? Nope. Uh, I, I don't I care enough. We'll we'll I will it. I will buy Squiggles. If like, if it becomes if it, if if I get a cease and desist, I will song. literally just put the song that we put for our YouTube thing. <laughs> like, yes, I'll go will, to free we music. We will both archive. cease. We will cease and desist if the folks from but I'm, from, I, from but the, I'm, I certainly from Epitaph give us a phone call. Uh, from yeah. Warner, they because sure Epitaph are Epitaph owned by give a shit about yeah. us. <laughs> or uh, ever will give a shit about it's us. It's just that it was uh, their parent company that uh, did uh, content IDs on our YouTube videos. That's why the YouTube uh, version has a different song. Then, Not and because this is I record care. breakers the revelation because I'm sure <laughs> that three of the before of us had no clue. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, uh, we we aren't pod safe, but that, that's what makes us punk rock. Yeah, I don't know. All I know is I don't care enough to to about the podcast awards to do anything about it. <laughs> uh, but God bless it. Thank you for considering us. Uh, love you guys. Thank you for considering us. Thank uh, you, Mister Man from Estonia. But thank you so much. But us. but yeah, it, it's all right. We're we're good. We're good. I love you. <laughs> uh, we love you too. Uh, but uh, but yeah. That aside. Let's talk about the record breakers home game on that Spotify playlist will be our next album. I was almost about to say song our next album. Uh, and it's going to be provided yeah, by just none one of the... song. We're, we're just going to talk about uh, dear Sergio. Yes. Um, uh, just yes. one song. Yes. Uh, it's going to be drew drew. What do you got for us next week? If you couldn't already tell, um, man named Thomas Kolnicki from, the historical Kolnicki family from Transylvania uh, moved from Czechoslovakia to America. There he put a stake in his musical claim in New Jersey uh, with a band called Catch-22. But we are not going to be reviewing Catch-22. Um, when he left that band, he joined up with some guys from one cool guy. Uh, they formed a band called Bandits of the Acoustic Revolution. We're not going to be reviewing that band either. That band formed a band called Streetlight Manifesto, which is essentially the electric version of Bandits of the Acoustic Revolution. They made an album called Everything Goes Numb. That, my friends, will be the album we will be talking about next week. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's an album about my uh, about what happens uh, when I have to hide in the bathroom because I'm, I'm I just want to hide at work eventually everything goes numb uh if you've ever had to get out of the bathroom while your legs are waking up it's not fun (laughs) uh but that aside we look forward to that discussion next week getting all my shtick in that's right Uh, the peaty shtick yeah, there's a joke in there too but yeah we'll just leave it <laughs> where can you uh, follow us Petey you can of course find us all over the internet Patrick is at Swagger Brett is a Habity Bibbard H-I-B-B-I-T-Y-B-I-B-B-A-R-D Drew is at Extrusive for X I'm at Petey Rave the show is at 4 Record Breakers that's the number 4 Record Breakers recordbreakerspodcast.com recordbreakerspodcast at gmail.com 
Rebelli.net, Rebelli TV on YouTube. Uh, Dale McBride fell down at some point. I gotta go put him back Aww. up. But that being said, he'll be back up next episode. Uh, but until next time, hasta los huevos. Bush Warren. Toodle. Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs>